Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's read and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out for comic book commentary. Spinning or winning inside. Fix how they got a hot idea. Narrative, character, visual tricks, and onomatopoeia. Uh huh. It's comic book commentary. Hi, this is Amy Chu. I'm a comic book writer and also the writer of Betty and Veronica Meet Red Sonia and Vampirella, the craziest mashup ever. Um, I'm going to basically walk you through the whole issue uh, just so you have uh, hopefully some insight as to how uh, I we put the um, issue together and um, just a little bit about... Uh, the background, first of all, behind the um, idea, uh, first of all, I think it was Dynamite that approached me uh, and asked if I was interested in doing it. And um, I'll be honest, at first I thought it was crazy and I almost said no because, well, uh, that's it's basically a triple crossover and it's just kind of really hard to do. Um, uh, especially with these characters, fairly well-known characters, at least in the comic book world. Um, but then I sort of slept on it, and I thought, well, actually, I did have an idea, and if I could pull it off and do it well, then, you know, um, that would be kind of a feather feather in my cap. So, um, so the, and so this is what happened. Um, uh, this is my first time uh, working with Matt Idelson. Matt Idelson... Uh, for people who know the business, he's uh, he uh, has been working. He worked at DC for many, many, many years. Never was able to work with him. So I'm kind of thrilled that um, you know I was able to uh, do this series with him. Um, also, my first time working with Maria Senapo, uh, who's the artist, um, and she's absolutely lovely. A lot of the dynamism in the artwork that you will see as we will move forward um is 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 hers um i i one of the things i like to do if i know in advance who i'm working with um i do try to tailor the script to that artist um just because for you readers out there it's just a better book um you want to play to the artist's strengths um have an idea of what they like to draw what they're not as happy or um 
you know, like you, you don't want people to, you know, you don't want to throw in a bunch of horses if the artist doesn't know how to draw horses, essentially. So, um, you know, this is a kind of a fun kind of, you know, you can't take this kind of series too seriously. Um, they're, you know, four iconic characters that I think Maria had a lot of fun drawing, as you will see. Um, so let's get started, actually, um, before we talk, <coughs> excuse me, about Maria's, um, interiors, let's talk about the amazing covers. Uh, you will see, I think, I think they kind of went to town on these covers. I think there was something like six different variant covers. Um, all pretty cool. I have to say the Faye Dalton, uh, cover was really just, it's just gorgeous, really fun. But my favorite, favorite has to be Polina Ganeshows because simply because, uh, A, I've worked with her before. She did a short story, um, uh, in one of my girls, girls night out anthologies, uh, a number of years back. And when I say a number of years, that's like four or five years, but in dog years, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, they were all fantastic covers. Um, I'm sure they did really well because I'll, I'll just tell you, um, that even though I had scripted out five, five issues for this arc, uh, Dynamite came back and said, hey, can you, can you add a sixth issue? So I have to assume that the sales are pretty strong for this issue. That's how business works. Anyway, let's start with um, page one. Um, I'm honestly not sure how this works. I don't know if you guys are, you know, playing along with me, but I'll try to sort of uh, describe, you know, um, page one establishing shot. Of course, we are in Riverdale High, high School. Um, and uh, we start off with a um, new teacher, substitute biology teacher. Um, and um, you pretty much know he's going to be toast, right? Uh, the, the whole series is basically, uh, it's sort of a gothic romp in Riverdale because that is really the only way I could figure out, you know, how the heck do you get Red, Sonia, and Vampirilla to get a, together with Betty and Veronica? Um, you know, in theory, we could bring Betty and Veronica to the planet Draculon or to, you know, uh, back to the Hyborian age. Um, just a lot trickier bringing Betty and Veronica out of their element. Much easier to bring Red, Sonia, and Vampirilla to Riverdale. We're very familiar uh, with the sleepy town of Riverdale, and it's also quite ripe for, let's say, um, some supernatural murders. Again, gosh, you know, who would have thought Riverdale would have so much going on? Um, but yeah, anyway, this was super fun to, to write. Um, oh, and as I'm going along, a little shout out to Taylor Esposito, the letterer. He has been uh, lettering. He's lettered quite a number of the books I've done over the years. I'm sure he has done some Red Sonia, Deja Thoris. Uh, I believe he also did some Poison Ivy uh, back in 2016. Um, so anyway, um, so you'll notice as we move on to page two, you see some outstanding um, sound effects, um, which I know are real pain. So if you are a writer and you want to change sound effects after they've already lettered, you're not making many friends in the lettering world there. Anyway, so um, so Taylor did an amazing job on this issue. Um, 
yeah, so anyway, so page two is when we first get introduced to Red Sonia and Vampirella. Now, you know, the trick for a lot of, for writers or in general is, even though we're dealing with characters that maybe we know fairly well ourselves, not all readers obviously know them. Since, again, this is a triple crossover, you've got, um, I assume that you've got people who are fans of the Archie world, but maybe don't know Vampirella and Red Sonia and vice versa. Um, truthfully, too, uh, I am not as familiar with Vampirella as I am, uh, certainly with Red Sonia, which I had written a whopping 25 issues. Um, so that's a couple of years of my life right there that I didn't realize I would be spending <laughs> with Red Sonia. Again, super fun. Um, but this is my first time really writing Vampirella. Yes, that's true. My first time writing Vampirella. Um, so this is this is kind of fun. And uh, because of that, you will notice, um, I don't want to say Red Sonia takes a back seat as much, but I have to say that I did spend more time trying to build up Vampirella's um, role in this. Um, now, again, you can't, take this kind of story super seriously so we definitely went with a kind of fun tone on this um anyway page two is um really a kind of a what we call the splash page which is a full page basically just uh showing off i'm sorry we're skipping ahead that's page three page three is the splash page um showing uh the appearance of vampirella and red sonia um, now, I was advised early on when I was just learning to write um, to make sure that you show uh, your character's powers, abilities, just all, the, all their features very early on. Uh, oh, it was Axel Alonso, actually, former editor-in-chief of uh, Marvel, who was stressing this, and it's very good advice. Um, you don't want to have a slow burn of, um, you know, who are these people and what do they actually do, uh, especially in this kind of story. You need to kind of establish who they are and why they're there very, very early on. So you, so flipping back to page two, you notice um, that uh, Vampirella's a bat, and she transforms into her human or her... Uh, I don't know, vampire alien form. She's not human. She's she's kind of an alien. Um, on page three. Now, the, the other reason uh, that I like to do splash pages, and um, especially for mainstream, I'm talking about mainstream comics, by the way. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Essentially, uh, artists have more fun drawing these pages. And just, again, this is something that... Uh, you know, people like to collect if you're doing old school and you have original art, but it's just a, a really nice um, kind of visual treat for people. Um, now, we haven't even gotten this far. We're only on page three. But also, um, another thing to also talk about, uh, and maybe other people have talked about this, is panel count per page. Now, as you go through, you'll notice I tend to keep panel counts very low. Um, basically three to five panels. I very rarely go uh, to six or seven panels. Um, and to me, it's about establishing a visual rhythm um, and just punctuated with some very nice um, 
splashy shots. So if that makes sense. Uh, almost all my comics, if you sort of scrutinize that kind of visual rhythm, that that's pretty much what I, I strive for. So just keeping in mind, um, if they're print comics, uh, the page turn, I'll try to keep the, the splash pages really on the left-hand side if I can. That doesn't always work out, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, just for a nice reveal. Anyway, page four, uh, we get into um, the meat of why they're there. And, you know, this is where we get into willing suspension of disbelief. I mean, w let's just assume that they're best buddies. Um, and I think it does make sense. Red Sonia and Vampirella uh, have a lot of synergy. I mean, Red Sonia is a mercenary. She kills people. She provides blood for Vampirella. Vampirella needs blood to survive. So let's just assume that they're already really good friends. And it makes sense that they're hunting, um, hunting killers in Riverdale. Um, so here they, of course, uh, come across um, a homeless person who um, <coughs> tells them where the morgue is. Um, so uh, moving on to the next page, Riverdale Mortuary. Uh, again, a little display of Vampirella's powers. Um, so she's got, actually, her, her powers are, are not, I, th I think, incredibly well-defined. Vampirella is a character who's been around, I believe, since the 60s. Yes. <clears throat> um, in fact, Red Sonia is a little younger. She's been around since 1976 or so. Vampirella is actually a little older, but she seems to have gone through many different iterations of what she can or cannot do. So I'm not going to get into every single power, but um, she's got some, you know, kind of uh, hypnotic powers that she demonstrates here. So um, let's see. Yeah, so that is what we're demonstrating here. This was a little tricky to, uh, you know, one of the things um, I do like to do with an artist, especially if it, the artist uh, lives uh, in another country, is to give them plenty of photo references so we don't have any unpleasant surprises. Of, um, And I think it helps them save time, too. I, I, I do think that the artists really appreciate it when you can send um, exactly what we're thinking because I actually had to look up... Um, uh, a lot of uh, morgues, you know, because I don't really actually know, aside from X-Files, how, you know, these bodies are stored. So um, it was kind of fascinating and morbid. Anyway, I did send a few links to uh, Maria, and so you will see um, here more or less a composite. Um, I think it's also, I, I am an X-Files fan, and a lot of, uh, I think probably my only other morgue, um, scene was from um, an X-Files comic I wrote a couple years ago. Anyway, uh, there they are with a dead body. Um, and um, right, page seven, we do a little bit of a flashback um, about the cult of chaos, who uh, they believe that they are trying to you know, who, who are the, like, the culprits behind this rash of murders. Um, Cult of Chaos is actually, I didn't make that up, uh, again, had to do some research into the many, many, many stories of Vampirella. Cult of Chaos is one of uh, the baddies 
or group of baddies that, you know, her, her arch nemesis in many, many, um, stories. So makes sense, right? Um, probably first time, uh, Sonia's run across them, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're kind of like the dynamic duo in this story. Um, oh yeah. So here, finally we get to, um, Betty and Veronica who are hiding in the morgue. And, um, I mean, it makes sense, right? Um, how else do we bring them in? Um, they're, they're junior reporters for, uh, the Riverdale High School paper, The Blue and Gold. So, let's see. Uh, moving on to page nine. Uh, and again, this is, uh, getting back to Axel's, uh, golden rule of establish quickly who they are and why they're there. Um, and then we take care of another logistic problem. Uh, obviously, uh, Betty, not Betty and Veronica, um, Red Sonia and Vampirella are wearing more or less their traditional outfits um, that are just simply not going to fit uh, in today's Riverdale High School. So um, we're sort of fast forwarding here again to... Um, Uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm just basically fast forwarding to really Maria's favorite scene. I, I did kind of write it for her, um, on page 10, um, where, uh, of course, um, Veronica's like, no, there's no way you can, um, go to our high school dressed like that, which is true. They probably get kicked out. Um, so she invites them to her home stately mansion the lodge stately mansion and to go through her closet so um so now they're sort of in slightly more appropriate uh gear for uh essentially being undercover sleuths at riverdale high um and again nice splashy page here page 12 um so a lot of sort of little jokes as we go along but um I just, you know, as far as tone for, um, writing, you know, you do, you do kind of want to figure that out. Um, this is a little hard again. I, I did find this very challenging because finding the voice for each character and when you have four different, um, characters, you don't want to slight any of them, but trying to find four distinctive voices, um, and balancing that, it is, it is pretty tough. Um, right now, so I'm, we're, we're talking about issue one, but I'm actually just finished writing, uh, issue three and I'm starting on four. So I'm getting more of the hang of it. Uh, hopefully as you read through, you'll, you'll feel that. Um, but it is really kind of, uh, this is the this is the challenge of writing um, a, a team book, so to speak. Um, so I also did ask, which is part of the reason I, I, I enjoy working on this. Uh, they they did tell me that I could use any Archie character, including Archie. So I thought, okay, um, that's fantastic. Of course, then I asked even Sabrina, and they said, no, 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 Sabrina. I'm like, well, I thought you said every character. Well, apparently every character except Sabrina, but that's fine. Um, of course, Sabrina is the only supernatural one, but without, we can still do it without her. Um, yeah, so again, fast forwarding, we're at Riverdale High, uh, in the classroom, page 
I believe this is page 14. They meet Archie for the first time. Um, don't get too excited. The whole point is um, uh, Archie's there as a cameo, but it's obviously not Archie's story. So, um, so moving right along. Red Sonia is definitely not the best student. Anyone who knows Red Sonia knows that she's illiterate. So that's part of her character. Um, so that, so, you know, we talk a little bit about that here, I think. Um, one of the things that really uh, made me happy to write this story, uh, and uh, page 16, so she, um, she of course, joins the football team. Um, this is something that uh, is partly, partly the idea for this uh, was actually from my own experience in high school. I actually joined the boys' uh, soccer team, and uh, that became a huge deal, which I didn't think it was at the time, but it, it did become a, a big Title IX lawsuit thing. But um, that's a whole nother story, which we don't have time. But anyway, if you are interested in that whole saga of my life, that was, uh, it's actually in the book, uh, Nevertheless, We Persisted, um, with the Ford by Amy Klobuchar. That's my actual story of how I joined the, the boys' soccer team. So this, this is neither here nor there, but if anyone asks, well, what made me think of Red Sonia joining the football team? Well, that <laughs> that's actually my experience. But anyway, um, moving right along... Yeah, so that was kind of cathartic for me to write that whole scene. Um, and I think it's kind of funny. Anyway, um, and, you know, again, we don't get to do this with Red Sonia real life, you know. Uh, so she's clearly having fun, basically, uh, destroying stereotypes here. And um, naturally, we need another murder. So that's happening right about now. And boom, nice splash, and page 20, assistant coach is dead. Um, so I kind of sped through the last part of that. But, um, you know, it's always good, especially for this kind of story, to you want to kind of uh, end on a cliffhanger, especially for issue one. Um, but also provide enough meat all the way through. So hopefully I did that. Um, now when people ask me what, what, how I, what my process is for something like this, I do tend to write the ending first because if you, if I don't have the ending, it's very hard for, you know, you kind of don't want to meander through and then you don't make your page count and you don't have a kind of a satisfying finish. So I do always write the ending first to make sure I've got that, then go back to the beginning and then make sure I got the middle set up. Um, also, uh, in terms of coming up with a whole story for the entire arc, I do, I had, a, I, I, I work it out basically. So we have, um, an arc with an actual ending. Um, of course things change as we go along and that's actually happening right now. Especially, you know, characters tend to sometimes surprise you and like they change along the way. So in fact, the, um, when I just said that I outline everything and start with the ending, it's actually changing a little bit as we speak. So as you're reading issue one, um, the ending for the entire arc is now slightly different than when I originally pitched it. 
So we'll see where this goes. I hope you're enjoying this, and I hope I didn't ramble too much. Um, but um, yeah, that was that's my commentary right there. Um, you know, the average page count for something like this is twenty pages. There's I very rarely get offered something like right, right now. I write uh, the series for Lion Forge called Summit, and they give me twenty four pages. That that's almost too much of a luxury. I I tend to find that I have four extra pages all the time. Um, with twenty pages, you really have to boil it down to, um, you know, it's almost like writing haiku. You really got to boil down uh, every action, every panel, so that it you know the story moves forward. And um, hopefully you find that here. Um, I don't know what else I can say, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, definitely, if you can, subscribe to, well, of course, not just Ben's podcast, but um, the uh, this actual series, because it has been a lot of fun. And um, I hope you will see the satisfying conclusion at the end. Um, and then hopefully I get invited back to do another commentary um it just says a kind of you know um post-mortem on how well this went so thanks um thanks for letting me ramble and um uh thanks to ben for letting me do this forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.